podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. De Bruyne, oh, one mil city! Funnels! And Pogba leaves for McTominay! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, EPL Index proudly brings to you the best prediction podcast in the world, A Tad Predictable. With your host, Tariwa Chanakira, and his guest, it's Guy Drinkle. It's game week 29, and you know what that means. It's another episode of A Tad Predictable. I'm super excited to be here. Obviously, this game week is a very short one, just the four games, because it's obviously FA Cup weekend, the Cup of Dreams. Should be an exciting weekend. They're in the quarterfinals, but for the Premier League... We've got four fixtures that we need to sink our teeth into. And obviously, as I said, only four fixtures. There were not enough fixtures to then do a banquet or burn it segment. Um, so, I've, I've, you know, we, we had to sit down with the producers, figure out what we were going to do for this week. I ended up bringing one of the producers on, Guy Drinkle. Guy, I've brought you, you know, we, we've brought you onto the show. We We made an executive decision to bring you on and unfortunately we don't have a banquet or burn it this week because of the lack of fixtures they're just not enough fixtures unless you're you were confident enough to just get what 20 out of 20 in the four fixtures that are there i mean i'm always confident for such things to do <laughs> but i'm used to it now every time i come on this podcast it's tad's power five or whatever i've just i've had like one sh- i've had like two chances at banquet or burn it this season Ah, every time it's disgusting are you are you claiming a conspiracy theory here i am absolute hatred interesting interesting but you are a producer and if you were Mm. to have lots of chances i think then people would would raise a complaint there guy um i I haven't even checked my results i might have got 25 out of 25 you you just lying to me i've 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 checked them i've sent them to Mm. the accounts guys i've sent them to the mathematicians that department sorts out all of the tallying of the results and they then send it back to me i cross-reference and i check and and finalize it speaking of which guy there is some interesting mumblings with regards to banquet or burning because last week obviously we had alex leticia on as you know jake jackman has the highest score with 17 that could be in trouble because I've sent back the, the 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 tally for Alex to then go get checked again because some people are saying that, you know, did Jamal Lewis first pump in that Aston Villa-Newcastle game? Um, obviously, he scored a last-minute equaliser. He clinches the fists, but I don't think there's a clear fist pump. Some people are arguing there is a fist pump. Now, that decision might have an impact 
on if we have a new leader for Bankit or Burnett. That's how close it is, Guy. Do you have any thoughts? Have you watched that goal back again? Or do you have any thoughts on how this should be decided? Fight to the death. The only way. <laughs> Tis the only I actually I actually haven't seen that game because I know Newcastle's one of our games here today, and I'll probably watch it. Um not today, but on the weekend, but we're gonna talk about it today, I should say. But Newcastle, I think it was on Friday last last week. I, yes. I I have better stuff to do. And I I'm a very boring person, but watching a watching a Newcastle game on a Friday evening against a pretty boring Aston Villa team at the mid. Yeah, I, w- I was not expecting that to be fun, and it, it seemed to be one of the better ones of the weekend, to be fair. So it, I kind of missed you, out. You missed it. Yeah. You did miss out. Um, and you could have possibly helped us out here as well. So this is that two means, strikes for you, I think. It means so, I'm I'm going into it with no opinion, because I've not seen it. Don't have the drama of the game, so I can just watch it cold, because I know there's a goal. We, what I think we'll do, and obviously, listeners, if if you've got any thoughts on this, you can share them at uh, a tad predictable on Twitter. Just tweet at us, let us know what you think. But I think we will have to convene an independent panel to make a ruling on this, verify the two score lines in terms of Jake's score from game week two, Alex's score from this past game week. And we will have an answer for everyone in terms of who is the current leader of Bankett or Burnett. But Guy, as I said, unfortunately, no Bankett or Burnett this week, probably because you're on the show. But we do have some pretty interesting games this weekend. I mean, for only having four games, I'm I'm excited and intrigued by each and every one of them. We kick it off with Fulham versus Leeds. How do you see this game going? Yeah, it's it's a, it's a strange one. I think Fulham obviously they're still in the relegation zone, but they've probably been like they've probably been the best team. What say the bottom out of the bottom five for a long period of this season, but they've just not really capitalized on too many draws. I mean, even if you turn a couple of them into wins, even if that's the expense of turning them a couple of losses as well. They've not really taken advantage of the good performances, um, and that that's why they're still still down there. I think they're the eighteenth, yeah, they're eighteenth, two points behind Newcastle, and uh, three behind Brighton, and both both the other two teams have a have a game in hand as well. So it, it's it's a strange one with Fulham because even as Liverpool fan, I know they beat us the other week. Um, you just go into it now. I think now, after a sustained period of being a difficult team, you go into the game thinking this will be a tough game. I mean, the only team that's battered them really is Man City the other week, uh, last weekend actually. Um, but Man City do that to everyone, so that doesn't really count. But yeah, and Leeds. I mean, what's their form going? I mean, Leeds are not in great form. I'm I'm only on the Premier League one, but last five lost three. Drew drawn one and won one, and that was against Southampton, who I got awful at the minute. So I don't Leeds aren't coming at this in the best form, and I think they I I don't know the exact numbers, but I think their struggles away to London teams are well documented. I'm not sure what what they are exactly, but I'm almost going into a game favouring Fulham over Leeds, but considering the league position, that's 
It's a bit of a strange one, but I mean, I'm I think Fulham are favourites for this. I don't think. Well, any game where Leeds can turn into a madness because they're Leeds. But I think Fulham could probably contain them. I think the midfield can overpower them. It's just whether Fulham can take their chances. And they've got to start Josh Madger. They've got to start Luckman. They've got to start um, Cavalier. Maybe maybe even Mitrovic give him a go. Because Leeds are centre-backs. I mean, uh, Cooper's not overly impressive Laurent is new to the league um, is Robin Cock might be back going at your injury table um, but that's a lot of that's a that's all three of your main centre backs not really Premier League ready and I don't think Mitrovic is exactly a monstrous Premier League striker but we know he can score goals in this league even if it is in struggling teams but Maybe maybe it's the time to put him on and just try and test Leeds as centre backs. But if not, you can always fall back to the the small um, structure wise forwards that he seems to favour. But yeah, I think I'm I'm going to go Fulham. I'm going to go two one Fulham, and this feels weird saying two one Fulham. Mm. It is interesting, and as you said, well documented um, struggles in London for Leeds United this season. And Fulham have put up some decent performances recently. You mentioned, obviously, the last game. I mean, I don't think any team walks into that game unless you're Man United at the moment feeling confident against that full, against that Man City team. And, you know, I think you're just kind of hoping that you keep the score low or at the very least you don't give and gift City goals, whereas Fulham in that game gifted City most of their goals unfortunately um you know trying to play out the back and stuff like that but um they move on to Leeds, who as you said they can turn any game on its head uh trust them to then go and turn a chelsea game into a nil nil when you're thinking this could be fireworks (laughs) but (laughs) so that that just tells the story of the type of Leeds team we've seen this season whether you think it's going to be a high-scoring game or you think it's going to be a low-scoring game, for me, it's the most difficult game to predict, a Leeds game, because I just don't know what type of Leeds is going to show up, how it's going to impact how the other team is going to play, and whether or not the two styles mesh up or they cancel each other out. It's so, so difficult. But as you said, you know, you're giving this one to Fulham. And funny enough, as I was jotting your answer down i i wrote 2-1 to leeds just because in my head you know you would naturally think that someone predicting 2-1 they're predicting a leeds win but i i'm gonna go with you in this one and i'm gonna go though with a one nor fulham win now it's one goal more than was in leeds's last game and it's obviously two goals less than fulham's last game but i i just think that this game is going to be very interesting. I think Fulham are going to set up to be very physical in this game. And they've got, as you said, especially the midfield to be able to do that and and try and wrestle the game away from Leeds. And I think that's going to allow them to then sneak a goal. Maybe you see a Mitrovic at top. That that would definitely add to, you know, the emphasis of making this a physical game. So it will be interesting to see. But we move to the game that follows this one and it's Brighton versus Newcastle. Guy, how do you see Brighton handling this Newcastle side? Obviously, Brighton are going to be excited heading into this game. Last week, 
They play uh, Southampton side who hasn't been playing well. But the important thing for Brighton is they scored two goals. They got more than one goal in a game. And as a Liverpool fan, I'm sure that's very strange and foreign to you, your own team getting more than two goals in a game. Can Brighton do it again? I mean, first off, how dare you? (laughs) Because Leipzig are the best team in the world, and we battered them. (laughs) So... You know. I should have said in the Premier League in 2021. We're talking about the elite competition of the Champions <laughs> League here to do. Um, true, true. A win is a win, and I will I will not have Wolves disrespected on your podcast. <laughs> um, I have completely forgotten what the game is. Brighton, Newcastle. Um, yeah, I mean, scoring two goals in a game, Brighton are the... F- Maybe not as fun as Leeds, for example, but they're the most fun team in the Premier League because they're so bad at finishing. Because you watch every game, and I mean every game, like it could be against Barcelona, Bayern Munich, it'd be like, they should have probably scored three goals here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you just watch it, it's like, they've got up, up front of Danny Welbeck and Morpé, and it's like, I know Malpe scored goals in the championship, but since he's came up, it's like, yeah, it's not really happening, is it, Chief? And Danny Welbeck is Danny Welbeck, but sometimes you watch it, it's like, Danny Welbeck's just, like, done the sauciest pass I've ever seen. It's like, that's not Danny Welbeck. It's, it's, it's like they've improved every one of the players, apart from finishing. It It's just so weird. Like, if they literally had the 2021 equivalent of Jermaine Defoe, Whoever the hell that is, it they'd be they'd be like mid table, comfortable, easy, and if they like, and this is just off the top of my head, if they got relegated this season, it'd probably be the most. I I think this is the wrong word. I'm gonna say undeserving, but I can't think of a better undeserving relegation ever because they've genuinely been like a top-half team, when you watch them, it's just the fact their strikers are donkeys in front of goal. Like, literal donkeys. It's it's just... It's crazy to think that if they lose this game and Fulham win their game, it brighten the, the, the momentum switches. It's, it's just crazy. Like, you watch them. The one player away from, like, being safe as houses. It, it, it's so weird. So very weak because they're very good defensively. Basuma's been one of the best midfielders in the league. Not just not just outside the top six as well. Been one of the best midfielders in the league. Um, they've probably missed their biggest scary threat in in terms of Lamptey missing most of the season. That's probably been a big blow. But it's just it's just weird. It's just weird. And then you look at Newcastle. I mean, I know Callum Wilson's missed a lot, but I mean, if you put Callum Wilson in Brighton, I mean, come on, they'd they'd be like eight. They'd probably be like where Aston Villa are. It's uh, it's a weird one, but Newcastle. When did they 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 were? If I remember correctly, they had horrid form, but I think they played a lot of good teams at the same time, and everyone was thinking they're dead and buried, and then somehow. They've bored their way into three draws in a row, which isn't, it's not great form, but in the context of it, in terms of trying to 
stabilise and save their season and all the rumours around Newcastle with the with the infighting and Steve Bruce seemingly at war with some, some um, local press. I mean, getting three draws on the bounce, again, arguably you'd say West Brom's the only one that, where they'd be favourite in the favourites in the game, but I'm pretty sure I watched that game and West Brom were probably the better team, so getting away with a draw is not too bad. But they've kind of stabilised the season, but they've not saved themselves. Um, so th- this game is huge. It's absolutely massive. And if I remember correctly, I think it may have been the second game of the season, Brighton absolutely tonked Newcastle. And I think Tariq Lamptey, who won't be fit in this game, just battered them. So, I I always say, I, when I'm over on this podcast, I always back Brighton. I probably back Brighton more than I do Liverpool, which is probably justified this season. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm going to do it again, because out of the two teams... Only one of them deserves to be in a relegation battle, and that's Newcastle. Because, to be fair, they've got loads of injuries, but the way they play football is just so boring and so uninspiring. So I'm going to back Brighton. I'm going to say... Hmm... I'll go 1-0. one nil. Oh, Brighton. give them the two goals, guy. Give them the two goals. Two weeks in a row? I'm not mental. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Danny okay. Welbeck off his ass. One 0 Brighton win. Look for me. I think Newcastle probably would have been a lot higher in the league if it weren't for the injuries that they've suffered this season. I mean, it's just been injuries at the wrong time to so many key players, and at the moment, it's up front where they're feeling the injuries and. Whether or not they can get at least Almiron back for this game, you know, it, it will be interesting to see if he can make it back for the game. Um, obviously, Callum Wilson, uh, Saint Maximo, I think they they they'll just need the international break to get back fit and firing, and and hopefully help them stave off relegation. Brighton, on the other side, I think you've summed up their their season quite perfectly in terms of they just don't have that end product at the moment. And, and, you know, them getting two goals against Southampton would have been absolutely um, a confidence booster for their forward players. And and hopefully they continue that because I I agree with you in in the sense that they do deserve to stay up, if, if, if you can put in inverted commas. Um, look, the league table doesn't lie. You you end up where you deserve to finish, unfortunately. Um, and and it, the argument would be then, you know, you should have invested in a forward player. I know they tried. Uh, they didn't quite get over the line, the guys that they did want. And, and unfortunately, that could be their downfall this season. Hopefully not. Um, I, I, I never like seeing anyone relegated. But for this game, I think the thing with Newcastle's, as you mentioned, their form is, at the moment, three draws and two losses. But somehow, Steve Bruce always seems to do just enough. Like, every time I write Newcastle off the season, Steve Bruce does something just just to keep them above, you know, above their head above the water and, and, and still looking like they're going to be safe. So, I'm going to mirror you. I'm going to go 1-0 Newcastle. Sorry to Brighton fans, I, I don't think you even get a goal in this one. You used up your your one goal for this game in the previous game against Southampton um, as, you know, and, and I was going to say, as Liverpool did that back in December when they used up six goals 
against Crystal Palace and then struggled to score for the majority of the the weeks. Uh, seven goals. My seven goodness. goals. Um, yeah, you got to spread these things out, man, you know. Um, but yeah, um, I think it's going to be 1-0 to Newcastle and it should be interesting. We'll go head-to-head on that one, both predicting 1-0s, Guy predicting a Brighton 1-0 win. I'm predicting a Newcastle win. Guy, there's a London derby that will be going on this week as well. It's West Ham versus Arsenal. Now, this game, you know, as with all the other games, are all on on Sky this week. Um, So, you know, for those that want to be watching the games, if you don't have Sky, you know, sometimes games get mixed, matched, and you can find games at other places. You get to watch at least one game or some games, if, if let's say you got BT or something like that. Well, there's one solution. There's simply one solution to be able to make sure that you're guaranteed to watch every single Premier League game, especially here in the UK. Guy, do you know what that is? Is it a VPN by a certain little person? It is a VPN, and it's a VPN by Liberty Shield. They are our presenting sponsors for this podcast in association with EPLindex.com. Liberty Shield, our VPN provider, as guys mentioned, get your VPN sorted out. Make sure you've got access to all games every single weekend. Don't even need to worry about who is hosting the game. I didn't even know that all the games were going to be on Sky this weekend until I was preparing for this podcast. So that just shows the ease that Liberty Shield have provided me, obviously, I'm not going to mention something on the show that I haven't myself tried. And our boys at Liberty Shield, boys and girls at Liberty Shield hooked me up. They got me my VPN. I get to watch all the games hassle-free. I just use the search function, search for live EPL games, and it's got all the games. I can choose whether I want to watch it on Sky. I can choose to watch it on NBC or Supersport for those guys and, and you know, for our African listeners. And it just makes life so much easier. But Guy... Arsenal travel to the London Stadium. How do you see them handling a West Ham side that have been in good form for 2021? Maybe not necessarily the last five games because they do have three losses in there. Yeah, and, and to be fair, one's Man City. You know that you have to say that's barely kind of canonical. That we say. And the others, Man United, and again, I think I may have been on the one after uh, West Ham played Liverpool or around that time. When West Ham, I think I've said this about Everton as well, when West Ham get an opportunity against someone who's in this European title race, um, or even Champions League race, they, they seem to just go back to cowardice. And I know West Ham had some injury problems against United, but United were there to be taken. Like have have a go at. Like they're not that good. And I I know there'll be there'll be one United fan calling me all sorts because yeah, I'm a Liverpool fan and we are sixth, and they are second. But n- only Man City are a good team in this league. Only, like the rest, whether it's through injuries for us. Or Leicester, they're buggered as well. Or the kind of in transition as Chelsea. But Man United being in second. Like, and they might even agree with me. Like, 
there's so many glaring weaknesses in their team, but they've just got a world-class player in Bruno and pace and people who can perform at a great level, but they just have no consistency whatsoever. Harry Maguire's their mainstay centre-back. I can't have a team that that got that and stays second. But anyway, I've gone to West Ham. I don't know how I got Man United. But, but West Ham, I mean, playing Mark Noble back in the team where they've been so much better without him. Like, West Ham's success for me has been built around that partnership in midfield of just Suchek and just Declan Rice. And around that, I know Fernals was injured in that game, but Fernals has been... Uh, playing a lot better than he was. I know Lingard can play against United as well, and this is obviously probably why he went back to Noble rather than an attacking player. But I reckon if he had another crack at it, he'd probably give someone like Lanzini. Oh, I know he's not been the same player since his injuries, or even Ben Rama. But West Ham have had a magical season, like almost a miraculous season. Because you look, I think mean, I know they had Haller for half a season, but he wasn't that good. But it literally Antonio. Jared Bowen, not that good in my opinion. Like he seems to get in the positions, but he just has no end product. Um, so for me, it lit that their stars have been Antonio, the two midfielders, and in the defense. I mean, and you can't even pick out just the defenders. The defense as a unit. I mean, they started off the season with Bal as a back three with Creswell, Balbuena, and Ogbonna. And now, now it's Diop, Craig Dawson. You know what I mean? So just as a defensive unit, they've done really well. I mean, Creswell's probably been the only mainstay, really. Um, so yeah, West Ham. I mean, the kind of waste opportunities that may that may have been uh, through injuries and unavailability due to loan stuff. Um, but Arsenal uh, seem to be in good form. Obviously, had a couple problems like Aubameyang being late for games and stuff like that doesn't help. Uh, won the North London derby and beat Leicester, which is obviously two huge games. It's just can they can they capitalize on 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 this? Because you've beat two teams that I know Arsenal are tenth for the minute, but ideally Arsenal should be in the champion. It should be at least in the Europa League race, if not the Champions League race. But they're not at the minute. They're tenth. But can they can they find some consistency? Because that's Arsenal's problem. They can always put in a good performance. Like the beat Man, I think the beat Man United earlier on in the season, and then they'll end up. I think they ended up getting beat by like Aston Villa. It's it's always been Arsenal's problem. They need to find consistency in these. And I, maybe West Ham's a bad example is because they're obviously higher in the table and in the Champions League race, but. The teams they should be beating is where they slip up and draw, like Burnley beforehand. Uh, I know they beat Leeds, but they did. and Man City beat them, so that doesn't count. But I'm I'm kind I'm stumbling around my words here because I don't know who to back because I'm looking at Arsenal's wins. You're stalling, giving us an answer, guy. The people want a prediction from you. You got to give the people what they want. What do you reckon? Two all, two and all, you. To all, are you just going to sit cozily <laughs> on that fence? I am because, I mean, Antonio will bully their centre-backs. And Lingard's back, so he'll probably score. Um, But Arsenal, Lacazette's in good form. The the young lads are in good form. Um, Odegaard seems to be settling in. Pepe finally found some form, but he's a bit in and out of the team. Aubameyang 
scored goals the other week. Um, even Williams like doing stuff. You know what I mean? So I, I think there'll be goals in this game. It's it's just hard to back two can take advantage of it more. Dare I say West Ham can exploit Arsenal's weaknesses more than Arsenal could exploit West Ham's weaknesses. Because as I say, that, that defensive unit's been so good regardless who's there. Um, ah, screw it. There's only four games to do. West Ham 3, Arsenal 2. No, 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 that, that, that is not going to fly on this podcast. Okay. You have, entered draws. A, you have entered a 2-2 score. Oh. I don't want to have to take this Fair upstairs enough. to legal. I, I, I am I, legal. I, I, I don't <laughs> want to do that. We've given you the 2-2 scoreline yeah, guy. And the fine. reason I'm saying that is because I am giving West Ham. Are you? Do you want to take that 3-2? No. And who was, no, who no, was y'all, it? No, y'all, no, y'all flip-flopping now. I'm, t- I'm keeping the 2 all. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, Tadiwa. Screw you. Okay, well, I'm going to go with the 2-1 Arsenal win, and I'll tell you why. Because of all the reasons you said at the beginning, you had the right answer in terms of West Ham somehow seemed to just tactically shy away from what has brought them to the dance when they start playing against the bigger teams, and I think that's going to favor Arsenal. And Arsenal are going to continue you know, getting the scalps of the teams that are ahead of them and and try and start clawing back into that race for European football next season. I think also what helps Arsenal in this game is that it's not at the Emirates. And we know Lingard loves playing at the Emirates. The guy was dancing all over the Emirates uh, last time around. So I think they'll be thanking the lucky stars that he only came to West Ham after they've played them at the Emirates. And... Yeah, so I, I can see maybe Lingard being involved in the one West Ham goal that I've given them in this one. Obviously, he'll be really motivated with the form that he shows against Arsenal. But I do think the Arsenal team at the moment, they just match up really well against the West Ham team that is going to be very cautious, unfortunately, for West Ham fans. I mean, you've you've listed all the attacking threats that they have. I, I would love to see him just put an attacking team out there and challenge Arsenal and say... How good are you really defensively? But it's not been the president of the last couple of big games that they've played. So I'm, I'm going to go with the 2-1 Arsenal win. And that should be a really, really fun game. Guy, we end off this really short weekend of games with Aston Villa versus Tottenham. Tottenham have three wins in their last five games. Obviously, the last one was the North London derby. They get the red card in that one after Lamella scores a sensational goal. Are they going to lick their wounds and, and regroup and, and go after this Aston Villa side who are still holding, you know, toes crossed, fingers crossed that Grealish is finally back after he's been teased to come back, you know, week after week after week. You think he's coming back. He's not quite making it. And there's now a looming international break coming around. Do they hold him off for an extra two weeks, you know, making it a three-week now absence as on top of the fact that he hasn't played for so long? Or, or do they throw him into this one and say, look, we, we, need, we need his inspiration for us. Um, they've only had one win in their last five games and, and it's showed that he's not been on the pitch. Um, 
I don't think they have to worry about the international break because Southgate named his horrid squad today. Um, well, as Liverpool, I don't mind Trent getting a rest, but it's very stupid if you are an England fan. Um, but it depends how much Aston Villa see this as an opportunity because Tottenham, I presume Son's out because he went out with a hamstring injury, didn't he? In the North yes, London derby, so... Asper's the same animal without Son. Because we can talk about Bale's improved form all we want, but Tottenham is built round between the relationship between Kane and Son. Like, who what are they going to do? Put in Bergvine, Lucas Moura? Even Lamella can't play because he got sent off. So, the whole attacking structure is going to be completely different for Spurs. And we've seen it before. We've We've seen it quite a lot previously because Harry Kane's missed a lot of games even Son's missed a decent amount of games these last couple of seasons and and it seems to just change I just think them two are the irreplaceable ones I think they've got like Vinicius Junior but he's not exactly Harry Kane as mentioned Bergvine he's not he's not Song Hyung Min I mean he had a good record in, in PSV but maybe if he's playing Son's, Son's role rather than the right wing role he had at the time maybe he's a bit freer to actually attack so but, Guy, I'm going to yeah. jump in here because mm-hmm. obviously Spurs are away to Dinamo Zagreb mm. um, at, at time of recording. Oh, they, yes. they, their kickoff is in about uh, 10 minutes' time. Um, they've currently gone with Kane up top and then three behind them of Lamella, Ali, and Lucas. They're playing 4 2 3. Uh, 43-1. Obviously, Lamelo will be out of this one, having gotten the red card. So maybe you throw Bale onto that right-hand side and say Kane with Bale, Ali, and Lucas behind him. Would would is this kind of an indication of how they might go this weekend? I forgot Delhi only existed. <laughs> well, um, Mourinho kind of did for, yeah. for quite a while. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, is is Berg, I haven't seen Bergvine's name in ages. Is, is he even fit? He's on the bench for this game. Uh, whether so he, he gets does, a run on would be interesting. He does exist then. But, I mean, Lucas Moore is probably ahead of him, seemingly in, in, in trusted books of uh, of Mourinho. So, I mean, Kane, Lucas Moore, Bale as a front three. Um, I mean, Deli Ali once had a really good relationship with Harry Kane, so maybe he just goes back to that. So a lot of a lot of it depends on what we what we see an hour before kickoff when when we see the starting elevens and it's it's the same for Aston Villa as well if if Grealish is starting against that Tottenham defence I mean we we know the vulnerabilities there I mean Toby Alderweireld is probably their best centre back and he's aged a lot and in, in the Mourinho era so. Bleh. I can't even caveat the bloody answers. Screw it. I'm going to guess Grealish plays. And it's the ve- it's a very Spursy thing to do after Villa being in horrendous form. I'm going to say 2-1 Aston Villa. 2-1 Aston Villa. Mm. Um, I don't know if Grealish plays. Now, this is going to impact my score because I, I think they're just going to let him have the extra rest. And and have the international break as well on top of it, just just to get back, make sure that he doesn't, you know, get injured again when he comes back. But 
this is purely me, you know, recklessly speculating here and, and, and saying he's not going to play. And I think Spurs are going to be wanting to obviously bounce back after the North London derby, get their European uh, campaign or cha- challenge for European football next season back on track. I'm gonna go with a I'm gonna go with a three 0 Spurs win. Um, if Grealish isn't there, we've seen Aston Villa have struggled to score the goals. I mean, the goal against um, Newcastle in the previous game took a wicked deflection. Um, other than that, it, it, it was very far few in between in terms of creating clear cut chances for Oli Watkins. And, and until Grealish comes back, I'm not too sure how long they will be able to. To go on getting, you know, goals and 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 if they can get goals in this game against Spurs, I, I think Spurs are going to take this one three nil. Um, I'm not worried about which formation Spurs play with, you know, with Son probably not playing. Obviously, as you mentioned, the injury. Looking at how they've lined up for their European game, I think they're saving Bale for this weekend. Obviously, having him on the bench, I think smart move. You don't want him playing um, three games in a week. So just saving him, he'll probably start on that right-hand side. Kane, obviously, is going to start. Uh, there's no questions there, and unless there's some sort of injury, you know, God forbid. But he will probably start. I think Lucas has probably played himself into a starting role. It's just whether now Delhi Ali gets to keep that role of the three behind Kane. And I think that's going to depend on how he performs in that Zagreb game. I think it's kind of like an audition for him to to get that starting 11 position. So I'm thinking it will it will be Lucas Kane. I mean, Lucas Ali Bale behind Kane. And I think that's more than enough to to give Aston Villa some troubles. And as I said, I'm, I'm, I'm basing this on Grealish not playing and I haven't seen enough from Aston Villa going forward to think that they are going to be a threat. Guy Drinkle, that's going to do it for another episode of A Tad Predictable do you have anything you want to plug, put over, promote? I saw Xbox Bethesda had a deal. Um, are, are you doing? Are you going to have a podcast speaking about that t- sometime soon? Yep, we're back on one up discussing just that uh, tomorrow. So that'll be out over the weekend. I mean, if you actually watched the event, it was horrendously boring. But we can discuss the new, the big news itself. But that the event itself was. <laughs> very boring <laughs> um, so yeah well, me and Carl will be back discussing that um, at one up underscore AI or at Guy Drinkle where I'll, I'll retweet any any show links or anything like that and uh, yeah um, football wise international break so it's almost like a, it's almost half term for me because <laughs> nobody wants to, <laughs> nobody wants to podcast during that so I get a bit of a break, but you get the you get the weekly ones. So yeah, it's, uh, and me and yourself obviously recorded rate don't hate covering the Wolves game. If you're a if you're a Liverpool fan listening to this, try the trial on uh, for AI uh, Pro and listen to me and Tadi were gave loads of six out of tens and a very boring win. Yeah, it it was a boring win for Liverpool. As, as I said, you know they they've not been scoring goals in 2021 in the Premier League. Um, hopefully that changes but for this weekend they're not involved they're kicked out of the FA Cup and they don't have a fixture this weekend anyway from my end you can go ahead and check out all of the awesome content on EPL Index website that's eplindex.com 
give a shout out to our presenting sponsors, Liberty Shield. Go check out all of their packages and, and services that they offer. Um, in terms of the EPR Index website, there are previews, post-match reviews, player performances, and any news that you need on EPL, you can find it there. So that, that's a really one-stop one shop um, that you can really go and get everything you want with regards to the English Premier League. Speaking of getting all you want for the EPL, there is a daily show on the EPL podcast uh, channel. There is the Two-Fitter podcast with Dave Hendrick. Um, and then finally, we've also got our flagship show that runs weekly. It's the EPR Roundtable. Kevin DeVries hosts that one. He does an awesome job hosting a whole bunch of panelists from respective EPL Premier League teams. They go and review previous games. They do previews of the games that will be coming up. I'm sure they'll probably have you know discussions with regards to FA Cup and how that goes this weekend. So you can catch that there as well. Follow this show on at a tad predictable as i said earlier if you want to send in suggestions with regards to the jamal assaults was it a fist pump was it not a fist pump and and helping us sort out the score lines for bank it or burn it then please send them to at a tad predictable you can follow at epl index on twitter as well subscribe to the epl index podcast channel on your podcast providers Really helps us out if you guys go and leave positive comments there. Give us five stars if you're so inclined. That stuff goes a long, massive way to getting the word out on this podcast, getting us out there. Um, I've been Tidio Chinikura. You can find me on my Twitter handle, at TadPredicts. The lovely lady that does the guest intros, Jody. she is at Spursy141. Our producer behind the glass and he was in front of the microphone this week thank you so much for coming along guy drinkle he is at guy drinkle on the twitters and remember chisinga perry chinoshura sports social podcast network